And that's kind yeah. of what we wanted FSET to be, is a safe space for, for Filipinos um, or anyone who identifies as a Filipino. I realized, yeah, like how much I've missed out on my university career in terms of like engaging in Filipino culture and like topics and with people. One, two, three. Okay, I'm ready. Cool. Um, what our lives are like and who we are. Paul Hall, an FSAT podcast. Hi, welcome back to Hohal, an FSA podcast um, hosted by. Um, that's me, Ian. I'm Sophia. And Marie. Uh, today we are joined by two guests who have been a major influence to our experience and involvement with FSAT. So why don't you two introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi, I'm, uh, I'm John. I was the president of FSAT last year. And I'm uh, Justin. I was uh, the co-president for last year as well. So how we all kind of met was clearly through FSAT, and um, one of the main goals of FSAT is to celebrate Filipino-Canadian community and culture. So growing up in Canada, how did you identify, like you guys, all of you, with the Filipino culture, or did you ever even identify with the Filipino culture? Um, to be honest, growing up, I didn't really identify with it. I feel like, this might sound really bad, but like I feel like I hit it. Same. From yeah. like, from like, when I was in school, like anywhere in public, I would hide the fact that I could understand Tagalog or like that I was sort of Filipino because I feel like there was like a stigma or like a negative connotation with um not being Canadian. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I didn't really yeah. identify growing up. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same for me. Like. I grew up in a predominantly Caucasian community um, and just the whole neighborhood around me like I was pretty much the only Filipino around my area so if anything I took up their culture and tradition more so than I did with Filipino so part of me kind of wanted to keep it aside and really embrace everyone else's um, cultural and that sort of really changed my identity until you know I eventually went to went off to university um, and was sort of like more aware of my ethnic background um, and cultural upbringing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so different. Like these are things that I never even thought of because like I grew up in the Philippines, right? So like I didn't even think that there would be people out there that I thought when you're Filipino, you're Filipino. Like I didn't think there would be any variation to that. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I pretty much separated, like, I guess, my Filipino friends and, like, my white friends and, like, my brown friends. I never really sort of represented Filipino culture when I was with other people. Um, like, when I was with my Filipino friends, like, I'd be able to, like, relate with them on a level where I could, you know, I guess, in, in like, sort of speak a bit of Tagalog and also, like, enjoy like the food and everything like that but for example if I was with my school friends like my classmates I wouldn't really like talk about like my food like lechon or even sometimes I'd have to like throw out my school lunches because I was too ashamed of bringing like longanisa to school which now is something like I regret so much because like eventually it came to the point where I realized that like my my friends really enjoyed Filipino food as a whole um, even if they've only had like pancit or you know adobo things like that yeah. but yeah it was just it, it got to the point where you know like I have so many regrets trying to I guess prevent myself being as seen as Filipino mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah 
so different. <laughs> yeah, comparing myself to like Justin, I was kind of the opposite where I grew up in like a predominantly Filipino neighborhood in Toronto. But it was the Filipino neighborhood where like all the kids grew up were born in Canada. So like they were very, they were raised in a very Canadian household, I guess. And like being a kid, like being like nine or eight years old, I didn't want to like not fit in, right? So I just kind of did what other kids did. And all of them kind of um, hid or like kind of didn't embrace their culture. So I just kind of followed suit. And yeah, I, I regret that probably the most. Yeah. yeah. Wait, I have a, sorry, I just had a question. Were you guys both born and, and raised in Canada? I was born in the Philippines. I was oh. born in Kesson uh, City, but I moved here when I was like three years old. So I grew up here. Okay. Yeah, I was born and raised in Canada, specifically Oakville, which is a very known white community here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's sort of like the like I, the way I was raised was probably a bit different than how JPC grew up um, in Canada coming as like an immigrant. Yeah. yeah, I think like similar to JPC, I grew up in a predominantly Filipino community and when I came, but I didn't ever want to be associated with the fobs. I was like, oh, I can be with the Filipino Canadians, but I don't want to be fob. I don't want to be labeled fob. I don't want anyone to think I'm fob. So it was like, I was with the Filipinos, but the, with the Filipinos, I knew who were Canadian, who like assimilated to the country. In a way, it was kind of weird because it was like, I was too ashamed to be associated with being that Filipino. I just wanted to be normal enough, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly how like I a, felt. Exactly a second felt. generation Filipino who's like, yeah. you know, in like part of Western culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Similar to Marie, actually, like I had that experience as well, because like I'm actually not ethnically Filipino. I'm like 100% ethnically Chinese, right? Yeah. So the fob stigma is a lot stronger in the Chinese community because like everyone recognizes, oh, that's a fob. Like everyone knows what a fob Chinese is. Right, so growing up here, I had to lean a lot more on my Filipino upbringing and say, whenever I said, oh, I'm Filipino Chinese, right? And I don't say I'm Chinese Chinese because I'm, I, in last episode, I called myself a rotten banana because, <laughs> right, I'm too white to be yellow or brown. I'm too brown to be yellow or white, but I'm also too, like, I'm just like, I don't fit in anywhere, right? Yeah. So, I guess when I grew up, when I was growing up, I leaned a lot more on my Filipino friends. But then it was very interesting because since their parents were immigrants, I think they kind of recognized the fact that since for a lot of these families, they are alone, they can't afford to discriminate whether you're Filipino or not. Like it's either you're with us or you're alone, right? So at that point, it was really amazing because I had, I grew up with these amazing Filipino people that like, Honestly, like if I had stayed in Manila, I probably would have never associated with them. Mm. Just the way like our Manila society is structured, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Like my life here, like I can't really speak for the fact that I've never felt Filipino because I haven't felt Filipino, but I think I came to embrace my Filipino identity a lot younger, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something I wish I got before. 
like was to embrace my Filipino identity earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Have I haven't, I, growing up, I didn't really embrace it up until I went back to the first time mm-hmm. in uh, 2011, I think. Yeah. That was in grade eight. Yeah. But when I came back, I felt more like in tune with like my Filipino culture. I felt so. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's because of like, the way that people who aren't Filipino treat people who are Filipino or or is it just like or it's just us you know what I mean um I think I guess in in my experience there's a stigma attached within I guess our society uh where Filipinos are typically seen as laborers uh caregivers yeah. nurses yeah uh, part of the lower working class um, yeah. And so when someone sees you, if like, I guess in, in my community, um, they're, they typically like know someone that's Filipino who is a nanny or working at a hospital yeah. as a nurse um, in yeah. that sort of sense. So when like you have a conversation with them, you typically get like the stereotypical like, oh, like, you know, um, uh, do you have like family members here at this hospital or do you have, you know, like, oh, oh like my my friend has a nanny that's Filipino. Oh, I love Filipinos. Like they're, they're such great, like hard workers. But when they say yeah. hard workers, you know, they're talking about like working in those types of jobs. Yeah. Um, so that's part of what sort of stems from that. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys ever get the, you guys really, you guys speak really good English? Like, yeah, I got that a lot. lot growing I got that a lot. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was a bad thing though. Like I thought it was just like, oh thanks. Like I mean I think that right? uh, the intentions oh, yeah. aren't bad. It's just like all the connotations that come. It's the with underlying, it. like yeah. 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 I guess yeah. I didn't think as much about it until until, you know, this the whole everything that's happening now, I think there's a lot more focus on, you know, racism and stuff. And everyone's talking about like microaggression and all that. And I think that's when I realized, oh, I guess, I guess I've been exposed to that. I, I didn't know. Like I thought yeah. I was like, ah, oh, thanks. I, I, <laughs> I, thanks. I totally get what you mean. Like I always, I guess I, I convinced myself at a young age that they were all, you know, just trying to be friendly um, and sort of just trying to, you know, like feel better about themselves by like complimenting your culture and things like that but really when you when you look back at it like it's it's really just like casual racism that just becomes normalized Mm. and like I kind of just like laughed it off or brushed it off and thought like oh I didn't really experience racism that much when in reality I, I did I just ignored it yeah so I guess going back to going back to like what we were talking about earlier like does does that like casual racism or like microaggressions and stuff that probably had an effect right on on like how you wanted to present yourself which you guys said like i don't know i don't know like is that yeah like going going back to sophia's like question i guess like for second one i don't think a stigma came from like other cults like other like white canadians per se I think from my experience, it came from Filipino Canadians who stigmatized like Filipinos who were like fresh from the Philippines. Oh wow! But like it actually wasn't very, it wasn't very like subtle or like passive. 
it was very like like growing up a lot of Filipino teens who I grew up with talked like really badly about Filipinos who came straight from from Canada. Wow. Like I didn't want to be like like known as like a fob either. So I yeah. I did kinda go with it. Or I kinda just like didn't correct them or didn't like check them or anything. I just kinda like let it slide. So I didn't want to be labeled as that as well. So interesting. So it's like it's like out like from the outside, but also in the inside. It was internal racism internal from racism. your own, like, yeah. Mm. Well, Sometimes I think Filipinos are, uh, like, a little more racist towards other Filipinos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's, We're it's a very so judgmental <laughs> race, I think. <laughs> I mean, and I obviously don't mean to paint all Filipinos. It's just, I, I find that toxic Filipino culture is very predominant uh, today. Um, just because that's sort of how it's been, you know, when you've yeah. experienced it firsthand from like your family members and yeah. uh, from other and Filipinos. Yeah. Like yeah. if you were, if you were darker skin and you ate like Filipino food, if you bought it for lunch to school, yeah. like you were labeled like a dog eater, you were labeled like, oh. well, like whatnot, like all these like really, really bad things. But that's so like I always just brought rice and like ulam here. Like, Same. Everyone, everyone did that. Oh. So it's just like just growing up, being Filipino. It's not a part of my identity. I even question because, right? It, it's just a given at this point because I I grew up surrounded by Filipinos in the Philippines. The culture was, it wasn't even a. It, it didn't feel different from anything because it wasn't it wasn't within a greater like community of where you're like it, it we weren't a minority like i i would out here For i sure. was the majority so it was really only until two years after that i felt like oh yeah i guess i look different from most people here i i didn't realize that i i, I like i thought i was like oh okay i'm here like i didn't i didn't it didn't hit me that i was different or like that i was a minority or whatever and so it's just interesting right. to hear that they're like for you guys that was your childhood right like that right. kind of that was like daily life for for yeah. both of us yeah. yeah so constantly like questioning our identity <laughs> have you ever or, like, i guess specifically our filipino canadian identity sorry marie oh sorry sorry have you ever questioned like if you even were filipino or like how filipino am i because I feel like once I got into FSAT, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm so disconnected to my culture. Like how, like how Filipino really am I? Yeah, I had that moment when I went back in, went back to the Philippines in 2011. Where like, it was my first time being back since I moved to Canada. And like the culture shock and like everything hit me and I'm like, wow, like I'm not really, I'm not Filipino. Like, I could understand <laughs> people talking to me. But I couldn't communicate back to them, or like people knew I was a foreigner, even though I was, I'm 100% like ethnic yeah. Filipino. Yeah. And they yeah, knew yeah. I wasn't. They knew I wasn't from the Philippines. You just breathe not Filipino. <laughs> yeah, like I, I felt it right away. Yeah, and there's always that connotation when you come back to the Philippines and you and you sound super like your English is so good. Oh, like, 100%. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's like. 
I'm going to make you pay in a little bit extra for this tricycle ride. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I was buying like, I a Globe back. SIM card and they charged me double what I was supposed yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I went back with like only my friends, not my family. Sorry? I would get scammed 100% if I went back yeah. Like, yeah. without yeah. my family and just went with like friends who didn't grow up in the Philippines too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd be paying double the amount of everything I have to. Yeah. 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 Whenever I'm home, they're like, "Don't speak," because they can tell. Yeah. Which is crazy, because like technically we should be embracing our like Filipino identities, but they make it so hard for us to assimilate back into that culture. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's yeah, actually, kind of like a double standard. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, because I wanted to ask, because, like, I know for sure, like, they're, like, for a fact, like, a lot of immigrant Filipino, like, international students, like, when they come to foreign universities, they approach the native Filipino community here as if they were whitewashed, as if they were yeah. not Filipino enough, right? Mm -hmm. So, for example, like, when they come to clubs, like, when they come here and they look for a Filipino club, they don't actually necessarily go out of their way to join clubs like FSAP, because I feel like this isn't home for them like yeah like yeah. their lingo is different our humor is different like like maybe we have some like similarities but ultimately it's still not home right so like what do you guys feel about that like how do you guys come to terms with the fact that sometimes like whether we like it or not we're more western than what we feel we are you know to be honest i don't think i have come to terms with it because the past couple of um club fairs and like during like the first week of the school year where like we're kind of promoting like join our club for that year a lot of filipinos would come up to me who were from the like from the philippines and like i just really like couldn't relate to them like they would ask me questions and stuff but like they knew i couldn't speak the gallows and like yeah. and maybe that hindered them from joining but yeah like i don't i don't think i've come to terms with the fact that we're just yeah. dif we're different from like what their expectations like of a Filipino club. Um, yeah, that's I a that's a really good question. I think like it's it's tough to I guess it's it's tough because it varies year by year which like which kind of which people join, whether they were born and raised in Philippines or born and raised in Canada. Um, and sort of it it really varies depending on I guess how everyone interacts with each other. Like if it's um i don't know if if they if the, all of a lot of them like speak primarily filipino or tagalog i should say um versus like if they speak more taglish um yeah yeah i think for me well because i i i went into fsat like i just wanted to be around filipinos it didn't matter, it didn't matter to me whether they grew up in the philippines or or they grew up wherever like i didn't i didn't really care to me to me filipino is filipino regardless of where you grew up and i i, I remember saying this in the office once because i remember someone saying like there should be more like filipinos who are from the philippines in fsat and i'm like well you oh know, i remember that do you remember that yeah i was but i was like i don't think so like i i think wherever you're from or wherever you grew up you're still Filipino and there's just something about 
being in the presence of other Filipinos that is more comfortable to me, regardless of, of where they grew up. And I think that's why, even though I was one of the only ones that grew up in the Philippines in SAT, I still felt really comfortable because, you know, like there's still something that somehow we can all relate on that that isn't that we can't with other other people. I don't know. Does that does that make sense? Like no, that totally yeah, makes, sense. makes sense. And that's kind yeah. of what we wanted FSAT to be is to be a community or a place, and even a safe space for for Filipinos um, or anyone who identifies as a Filipino to sort of not have to feel that they have to, I guess, be afraid of being in university and having to face everything by themselves um, where, you know, at least they'd be able to have like an office or a safe space and uh, a group of friends that would be able to so, sort of help support them and be there for them and sort of be a community where they sort of lift each other up as they go through like U of T because we know yeah. that U of T alone like already is, is hard enough being daunting or getting through. Yeah, it's a hell hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I guess like a question from that is like how 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 did it change coming into university like what made you want to be an FSAT after like growing up how you said you did like what made you seek that out um, in university and how did that how was community important and how you now identify with being Filipino? Ooh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I should preface this by saying I wasn't initially planning on joining FSAT. And the first time I got ever got introduced to it, I was trying to like avoid it because I thought it was just a club for fobs. Um, as bad as that sounds. Same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like that really is the truth. Like that's the honest truth. And it wasn't until I had met, um, oh, shout out to former President Vil. <laughs> uh, Vil Castillejos, um, he, uh, I sat beside um, him in, in a class I was taking and he asked me if I was Filipino. Um, and sort of from that, he began talking about this club that I had never heard of, which was FSAT. Um, and he, in, he had invited me to, to come to their very first event, which was a picnic um, at King's College Circle uh, on campus. And like, I kind of just like, was like yeah sure like maybe I'll come by never went to that skip that message me again and like his persistence of trying to get me to really like meet the team and you know talk to some of his friends and you know try some of the food that like the free food that was there I, I never say no to free food so like, <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of once I was able to you know eventually go to an event which was the first general meeting um, I was honestly like so shocked at how fun how much fun I had that first night there and I think like I, I still remember it vividly like it it was honestly one of the best nights I had had during my university career and I was thinking to myself like why didn't I know about this before um and honestly just like the way I identify as Filipino now is so much more after joining FSAT than it ever had been before, even like in high school and elementary school, when I still had like Filipino family friends, I go to fam jams, you know, that whole, that whole thing there. But I, I never really got to embrace my culture and, and be proud of my culture, like the way I did through being a part of FSAT. And, you know, coming from a position where I never even wanted to be a part of a group 
or a, let alone a student club um, that was Filipino based, like to being to being eventually like one of the presidents or co-presidents was I mean, that that really should say volumes, just just how much of an impact it had on my sort of journey to really embracing Filipino culture. Sure. Yeah, basically, I'm on same boat as Justin, where like, I was aware of what FSAT was in my first and second year, but I didn't join because of that stigma of like, oh, I don't want to be like friends with Bob and like, what would we like even do or like hang out or like, what would we like talk about, right? Yeah. And I didn't join until a mutual friend of mine told me to like go to the, the, the welcome picnic. Yeah. And, when I, and when I went, like, it was, it was cool and like, I was kind of like feeling it out. Then eventually as I got to know like people better and I got to hang out with them, like I realized, yeah, like how much I've missed out on in my university career in terms of like engaging in Filipino culture and like topics and with people. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to me and Justin in that sense where like we like during our last, like, during our presidency, we tried to, like, really bring that stigma down. Mm. But we'll see how effective that was. I mean, you got Marie. <laughs> yeah, we got Marie. Yeah. And she had, that, she had that connotation, right? Yeah. And she went. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciated it. I definitely did not feel, like, I feel like you embraced the Filipino culture but in the same way you still embraced what it meant to be Filipino Canadian like it wasn't just about being Filipino like the, the fact is we are Filipino Canadian and we can't associate solely with our Filipino identity because that's just not who we are so I really appreciated that it was really welcoming and I didn't like my biggest fear going in was I was going to feel so left out because I like literally know nothing about the culture and that is not at all what I felt and that's why I kept going so really appreciate you guys for that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this conversation is so important though because both for Filipinos who who aren't Filipino Canadian because I don't think a lot of people know that there's like a subculture like this. Oh, for like sure. Yeah. Have, yeah. People who are here, they think like if you're Filipino, you need to be, you know, a certain way. But then there's different cultural pressures when you're there, right? Like it's when you're in Canada, it's different. And I think, I think that's important to know and accept and like understand that there's, that there's such thing as that. Um, yeah, and like being Filipino Canadian is not defined in one thing. Like you can think about Filipinos who are influenced by black culture or Canadian culture or different Asian cultures. And that in itself is a definition of Filipino Canadian, but not necessarily the definition we've experienced or we've lived. But I, thought, I also think it's important for other Filipino Canadians to hear because they realize they're not alone in what they're going through, I guess. For sure. And I, I know for sure that there are so many Filipinos that never really had that, that community that FSAT was. Because, I mean, we're, we're just like we were just around UFT. You can imagine how many other colleges or universities there with who don't really have a Filipino Students Association, or if anything, like it doesn't work the same way ours does, um, where that where that kind of community it could just be like primarily academic or primarily political in in that sense. But 
to, to have something like ours is something that I will like always hold dear to my heart just because of the impact it had on my life and also how much it how much I learned from being it in it yeah. well I guess now that we're on the topic of being a Filipino Canadian like what exactly encompasses being a Filipino Canadian you know what makes that different from stereotypical or what's commonly perceived as Filipino culture I think growing up being Filipino Canadian to me meant like that hyphen and that Filipino Canadian was very like pronounced because at home, yeah, like, I was Filipino, like yeah, like we watched GMA, like um, we ate Filipino food and whatnot. But outside of that, I was Canadian. We're like I pretended like I didn't know anything about Filipino culture. Like I didn't like embrace it enough. So like if I walked by like a Filipino restaurant, like a lot, like I wouldn't want to go there. Like I wouldn't want to have anything to do with that culture. But growing up, like, but, but, but now, I guess, it's having that balance of, like, acknowledging that we're in a different country from the world and, like, realizing, like, like um, yeah, it's different compared to, like, Sophia and Sirius. But, like, accepting the fact that we are Filipino, you know? Like, I guess it's being fully, fully both, right? Yeah. Right. It's not like yeah, half and half. True. Yeah, and and at times you don't want you don't really want to force one or the other, just for the sake of trying to find that balance. Yeah. Like it's kind yeah. of. You can you can live, both identities or like if anything you could live your Filipino Canadian identity on a daily basis just. Just by like being proud of your culture and and not having to worry or think twice about, oh like should I should I say this or, you know, like, is this okay for me to like, talk about my, like my culture like this? Um, just sort of like embracing it and, and being happy from, you know, your, your upbringing and, and sort of like your, the culture that you associate with. Yeah. And I don't think it's limited to just like, like what you see I don't know how to describe it, but like even the way we think and the way we perceive things, I think that also encompasses our Filipino Canadian culture because of the values we've been raised in. Yeah. Like we, we have the traditional values, but we also have the choice if we have more quote unquote progressive values to embrace that yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah because um, just... because like um, oh, sorry, what I've noticed, because um, if you think about it, like if you ask a Filipino from the Philippines whether they use Filipino or Philippine X, they will always call themselves Filipino, regardless if they were a guy or a girl. But it's only if you go out of the Philippines and you go into places like America or Canada where they actually call themselves Philippine X to recognize that maybe there was, what was it? How do you define it? A genderification of our language due to our colonial history, right? Yeah. Right. And from that, like, I think being Filipino-Canadian is actually, if you think about it, we're a lot more salient and aware with how our culture has progressed because we're, we've actually been removed from what our culture should have been, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, wow, that's so profound. <laughs> because, like, if you, because we're Filipino-Canadians, I think, we're in a very unique position where since we are pulled away, we're not, the major we're not the majority anymore. We have a lot more time to reflect on what it means to be Filipino, where we've come from and like how we've progressed throughout history, right? 
And I think that's a very good thing because it makes us a lot more aware and a lot more accepting towards the changing of times. And that makes us an incredibly flexible culture, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I think even things where that make, I guess, Filipinos stand out as a culture to, to be known as like very friendly and welcoming, um, how hospitable we, we can be um, is something that we can take pride in and sort of practice in, on a daily basis as well. Like when we have friends over to offer them food yeah. um, and to, to share any food we have um, with people without question. Um, and giving without expecting anything any, anything in return, just like all of those positive things, like attributes that, that we have as, as Filipinos, like we can all sort of embrace and learn from and, and sort of just continue to, to do. Yeah, I think it's really there in the values and in the way we've been brought up in Filipino households. I think that's that's one of the things that holds a lot of Filipinos together, regardless of where they grew up, is the values. I think that's what everyone carries. And and when you're able to share similar values with other people, that's where a sense of community really, you know, comes out. Oh, for sure. Like when me and JPC, like when me and John Carlos, we, when we meet up for food and we say like, okay, let's meet for one o'clock. Like we both know we're going to be there at two. <laughs> 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 It'll be perfect timing because we'll show up. And oh, I had this thought and I think for us as as Filipino Canadians in 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 our like and we're we're still young, right? We have right. that we have that chance to I mean, we have that chance to break a stereotype of what Filipino like, you know, what Filipinos do for a living like like and just the trajectory of life like like yeah we we have the chance to break that mold because of what our parents have done before us or this kind of society we live in now yeah. like already by going sure. to university and being in uft we've already we've already sort of broken that stereotype of yeah most filipinos in the working class in toronto or in canada are like nurses like majority right, right? but yeah. but mm. now that there are more and more filipino canadians who grew up born and raised or raised in canada it's like i guess the next generation hopefully it'll be different yeah right yeah like i hope like just to preface like there's nothing wrong with being like a nurse or like a nanny yeah there's nothing wrong yeah. with that oh yeah but like i think for sure i feel like the idea making me more than that or like you can be whatever you want i guess yeah. is what i'd want to have for like my kids eventually or like the next generation or even our generation too yeah. i guess whether we like it or not we're the we're the faces of a community that's still coming to terms with who we are and i think we just need to put our best foot forward right because i think it's a disservice <laughs> to so many successful filipino professionals or even to the maids if they're only known as, oh, you're destined to be a maid or a seaman, right? It's, yeah. we're, the, we're the face of a community that I think finally needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. And I think we need, we as Filipino Canadians, I think are in a very unique position to do that. Who got naman? Wow. 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 I feel like honestly, 
even today I was like sitting I was walking and I was thinking about it and I was like what does it even mean and to be honest I don't even really know I feel like identity is something that is so personal that in a way it will be changing as I grow up anyways right so how I identified with the culture like all of you said like even like a year ago is not what it means to me now and I feel like that'll just continue to change anyways so the more I think about it I'm like who am I I don't know (laughs) we'll figure that out as we go yeah Um, we're still growing we're still learning yeah yeah Yeah. I hope people listen to this (laughs) I feel like it was me too because I feel like this is such a recurring conversation within Filipino groups as well but is something that a lot of others don't really get to speak about freely or you know um, are, are too shy to really bring it up or talk about it because of the stigma because of that that sort of fear or anxiety that comes to mind when you know you you feel like people will look down at you for for really sharing those kinds of feelings or yeah. you know just being open about it like that yeah but these questions need to be asked. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Need to be asked like in public too. Because yeah. again, like, I feel like a lot of people think about this like internally, but never like how they express themselves and like, like have this conversation with other people. So, yeah. It's good. Honestly, That's I feel like thing. a part of it is just like a fear that nobody else feels the same. Like for yeah, me, that was right. just like, oh, nobody else would get it because they already have it all figured out. Okay, at least in my head, I'm like, everyone already has it figured out. Yeah. Um, but I think it's nice no, to talk I, about it. You're not the only one. Yeah, you're not the only one. Yeah, I mean, like in, in general, like for reassurance, like there's so much that goes on in people's lives that some people don't really have the time as well to, to think about these kinds of things. And then when they are, when it does come up, in conversation they're like shook they're like oh shoot I didn't even think about that or like you know like I don't think if any I don't think anyone can relate to me and you know it it really is different for everyone else because I can't speak on behalf of other Filipinos because of how different our upbringings were or even you know like they might just be too I guess shy to to really talk about it more um, and have that that fear of really being like oh but I don't know if anyone else sort of has the same thing as me but it's nice to be able to I guess now look back and be like wow like I'm so glad I have this group of friends to to relate to who have been through similar experiences maybe not the exact same but you know can relate to me in a way where I can freely speak about it and be open with them and not be afraid to be judged or um, I guess like looked down upon for having such experiences or or thoughts like there's no real sort of fear i guess okay i feel like there's a lot that has come from this from this discussion even for me um i think a lot was said and i'm like damn i need to sit on that and think about that (laughs) yeah Um, (laughs) it's not it's not really an easy talk to have because it's not something that we could i guess bring up to our parents for example yeah because i know that like yeah it's not something that they can just sort of i know i don't know for about you guys but like for for my parents they are they have that more traditional sort of attitude where it's like you can't really they don't want like any sign of like weakness or Mm -hmm. any like you kind of just have to deal with it because you know that's just how we raised you or like disciplined you or 
like just like you know <laughs> yeah um on same boat yeah oh, definitely i'm I, I mean i am curious though like from someone that's been living or i guess born and raised in the philippines um and any of you can sort of answer this one but i'm, I'm curious to know like how different it was sort of like in terms of society and like how how the two cultures like western culture and and philippine culture like how different is it like when you're in school because i know it's very i guess i think it's, it's very different from what i've seen like on facebook from like, oh. my cousins and back home <laughs> <laughs> like, like <laughs> them and their up, like, their batchmates <laughs> oh. yeah do you not call it batchmates <laughs> no oh. you, isn't the cohort your groups right i mean Cohort? I don't even say oh, cohort. I've never, like that's, yeah, I've never heard that. I've that's not heard something I've even heard. That's not in my vocabulary. Like, so what do you say? What do you say? Just like, like class? Classmates? Class yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just my oh. classmates. Or literally just oh. friends. Yeah. Like not even. Well, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, I wouldn't even say classmates. classmates. I'd say, I'd say friends. Say friends. Oh. Say and also we don't have to wear uniform. Oh. Uh, except for high school. Or like, yeah. we would refer to like, we would refer to our batch. Was it like last digit, batch. like the last digits of like oh, yeah. our birth year? Yeah. Like, are you ninety seven or ninety eight? Oh. Like, okay. You would do it like that. Yeah. I guess. Uh, oh. It was your batch? It was. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were batch twenty eighteen. <laughs> it's like the batch, and then the year you graduate high school. Right. Yeah. 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 It was. I think. I mean, I never went to high school there. I think Ian can speak more about that because you experienced both, right? Um, yeah. But for me, just talking about the culture, I think it because I already moved, I moved there when I was already 18. So I already more mm. or less had my, like, I think it's different when you move there when you're a teenager, or when you're a bit younger, because you're more like swayable that way, you know? Um, swayable. <laughs> and, and so when I went there, I was very sure that I did not want to let go of my Filipino-ness. Like, I didn't want to let right. go of that. And which is why I sought out, like, FSAT and all of that. Um, I see. But I think because I was so sure about that, I didn't realize that it is different. It's not like I can live the way I was living here, there, in Canada. Like, now with this conversation, I'm realizing that it, it is, it's like, it's another part, like, the Canadian part, that part's still growing for me because it's only been two years. And... I, I'm still trying to learn more about the Filipino-Canadian culture, what what that means for me. Um, because, yeah, it is different. Like, growing up here, you don't ask these questions. Like, um, and it is a very traditional, you know, conservative um, place. <laughs> yeah. Just the, the views here, it's very conservative. And I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, like, for me, like, that's something I... Personally, I'm not, I don't think it's wrong, but I think I'm learning to be more open to other people having different views. Because when you're here, everyone sort of assimilates towards the same views. Like people usually see things the same way. And so I wasn't used to people thinking differently. And in Canada, everyone thinks something else, right? Like everyone yeah. has different beliefs. And, and to me, that was something, one of the things I had to adjust to the most is being okay with one thinking differently from others and two others thinking differently from what I think and, and being respectful of that and 
and not you know not not limiting myself to being with people who only think exactly as I do. Um, so that's that's one thing that I think I had to learn going there because it's just it's so culturally diverse and not even just culturally just like mentally like everyone just thinks something oh, yeah. else and lives their lives however they want right um so individualistic here it's very like family first family oriented yeah, yeah, yeah family yeah. first. a bit of a hive mind i guess like they yeah. Yeah. like your friends will all have the same yeah yeah have the like same you have to believe the same thing you have to conform mm -hmm. to the you know to the norm and all that but there it's like if you do you <laughs> basically so yeah that's, that's that's how i live my life yeah um so i guess it's finding the balance of what i want to keep and what i want to what i'm willing to to change or to develop um, but yeah yeah for sure um, building off of what Sophia said, because my situation was actually the opposite. Because even though I was born in the Philippines, I spent most of my formative years here in Toronto. I lived in Markham for like seven years of my life. And I was surrounded by like so many like Filipinos, people from Bangladesh, people from Greece, from Macedonia. And I'm like, and everyone thought they're the same different way, right? So when I moved back to the Philippines, it was such a culture shock that everyone thought the same way. Mm. Maybe it was also the fact that I was entering high school, so cliques were a very big thing. Yeah. But what I noticed that everyone thought the same way is like, this is almost as if like, when I got there, I first thought like, can't they not think for themselves? Like, like uh... can you think outside of your family? Like, you're an individual, think for yourself, like for something, yeah. right? Because. Yeah. And what I've noticed here is that people here are very direct. They would say like, well, if you're doing a bad job, you're doing a bad job, right? Like they will be upfront with you. Oh, but when Filipinos you go back, yeah. But when you go back there, like Filipinos have this very big stereotype that they're very kind, they're very loving. And that's very true, right? We have a very hospitable, hospitable culture. But then that also comes with the side effect that they're not, people are usually not the most upfront with you. And usually you have to find out through like the back channels of like, oh, this person said this about from this, from this, from this. And then only from like five degrees of separation, we <laughs> actually find out like what the hell is happening. Yeah. And that was my biggest problem because whereas Sophia was like, I was, she was struggling with how people thought differently from her. My struggle was how can people think such in a uniform way? Because we're such a very familial society, like everyone will group together. And in such a way, and it makes the difference of being an immigrant moving back home so much more salient. So yeah. when I lived there for like throughout high school, I promised myself that I am, I'm going to retain my Canadian part of my identity. Like that'll always be me. Like mm -hmm. I may part with my Philippine identity in the future, but for me, I'll always be Canadian. Mm -hmm. But when I moved back here, I thought I was done with the Filipino culture. I thought I was like, goodbye. I'm done with that. But then, yeah. I thought about like, ultimately you can't just throw away that part of your life. It's still significant, right? Yeah. Like just because that's the way the culture functions doesn't mean you can just disregard it. Like ultimately at the end of the day, I still am Filipino Canadian, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just disingenuous to say otherwise. Yeah. So, and I think I've come to terms with the fact that like Sophia, like just because you're Filipino Canadian doesn't mean you have to be fully Filipino and fully Canadian, right? 
because there will be parts of those cultures that will clash with each other, right? Yeah. And you just need to take take the best parts of each and just become, you know, Filipino Canadian. Like be <laughs> be an individual, you know, like yeah. blaze your own path and just know that we're in a unique position because we're not just from one, but we're from these two amazing cultures and that we're not just a monolith, right? We are these amazing individuals that make a very unique community that hopefully will one day like have a greater voice in greater Canadian and Filipino society. Yeah. So that's where I stand from. Yeah. Wow, that was very well put. I literally yeah, very cannot well add to that. Found. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I felt that. Uh, we can talk about this so much more because it's such a big and it's not heavy, but it's just such a big thing to right. talk about. Um, but I For think sure. For now, hopefully, whoever listens to this, you know, can relate to at least one of our stories, or you know, and realize mm-hmm. that they're not they're not alone in what they're experiencing. Yeah, because um, yeah. I guess all of us here have different experiences. We all have different takes on what, like all this, like what it means to be Filipino Canadian. And so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. whoever listens to this can make like hopefully this makes people feel a bit more at peace with themselves and that they just as individual oh yeah brother (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Uh, oh yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i guess i guess this is the end of it Special thank you again for Justin and John for showing up. Yeah, um, thank you so much. A really thank fun you having us. Yeah, thank you for having so us. Yeah. As like a little like ending off thing, like I just wanted to say again, like even though like I've only known Eve for like what a couple couple months, I guess. Like I'm really proud of like what you guys have like done so far, and like I'm looking forward to like what you guys are going to do. Hell yeah, brother! Cheers from quarantine. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hi, Marie here. So today we talked about um, growing up Filipino-Canadian and what our experiences were like. Super special thank you to Justin and John for coming to talk to us about such a personal topic. Um, I think throughout the conversation there was so much we talked about and yet still so much we haven't yet discussed and maybe things we haven't yet thought about um but this conversation was a little less lighthearted than our last episode however that being said um i think conversations with friends include all types of discussions on the seriousness spectrum so i definitely do hope you enjoyed the, this episode as much as you did um the last one for anyone who is willing if you're up to share your story with us do hit us up on ig at fsa.utoronto or hohol podcast and visit our website at fsa.ca um special thanks to shy for editing this episode and for jsyr on spotify for making our intro but yeah Thank you again. I hope y'all enjoy this episode. That's all I wanted to say. Bye.